0: Quite unusual.
1: Hello and welcome to the Quite Unusual Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Nicole. And I'm Noelle. And we'd like to welcome you back to our show. We took a little a little bit of a hiatus last week. Welcome back. <laughs> In other
2: words i don't know the words except ever welcome back welcome
1: back yeah welcome back we last week took off vacation it's summer and we have lives because we're humans are we are we human and, wow. wow this
2: is going to be a singing episode we don't well we don't live in the haunted attic so we can't record all of the time no i i live and work in it you do you're actually up here a lot <laughs> every day for 10 hours a day <laughs>
1: but yeah so we took we apologize we took the the week off happy father's day by the way happy papa's day but we're
2: back from your lovely spooky dads we love you
1: (laughs) your dads. we're proud of you or your dad's let us play catch in the
2: yard (laughs) baby boys sweet baby boys and girls
1: but we got a good episode for you this week i think making a lot of noise a lot of movement
2: over there i'm sorry i'm moving about all right well let me
1: adjust my body parts are you done adjusting i am i don't have anything to talk about bad intro provider you are i know i really i didn't come with anything (laughs) come to the table with anything
2: this time that's okay i feel like this episode is going to have like a lot of little weird spooky sort of stories in it yeah Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uh, yeah, that's
1: kind of how it's structured.
2: Also, when I was reading through our script, I felt like I had a lot to say, so I'm going to apologize for constantly talking, just nonstop this episode. Well, it is a podcast. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But also, I feel like people might think I'm kind of insane at the end of this one. Why? I got a lot of weird stories to tell that I will tell in due time, my friend. Doppelgangers? Doppelgangers. You have a lot of weird stories about doppelgangers? You know I do. I know one of them. I don't know multiple. Yes, yes, yes. But we will get to my story later. Mm -hmm. I have to say, though, um, I'm not afraid of a ton of things, but I'm afraid of three things. Um, Ghosts. I was going to say you're afraid of ghosts. I know that one. I'm afraid of doppelgangers. Are you? I am. It's one of my biggest irrational fears. Why? And I am terribly well into that. And I am terribly afraid, which I know you are as well, uh-huh. of centipedes. That's actually, my number s- one fear, actually. I actually have a centipede story. Don't. It's I'm gonna Don't. You're gonna tell it. I don't wanna hear it. I'm gonna tell it. This is vomit free says ninety three and I threw up. That's is this how- recent. It was two days ago. No! But, it's in this house? No, it's outside. So we have, like, a sewer cap right outside of my okay. back gate. My stomach's already
1: starting to hurt.
2: Um, So my house is, like, super old. It's, like, over 100 years old. So they had this, like, little cistern situation, and yeah. I asked my dad what it was. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, he's like, it doesn't work anymore. So he fills it with, like, bricks or dirt or, like, whatever he has to, like, just sort of fill, like, this okay. massive hole in the ground, right, basically. Right. It's covered by a metal sewer cap. hmm um, so the other day he was out there helping me pull weeds and he's like, do you want to look inside of this? Cause we had been chatting about it <sighs> not long ago. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck yeah, dude, let's do this. So <sighs> he gets out his little handy Pocket crowbar because he is Jim Krupa. And he he's a dad. He pries it open and he pulls it back and, um, it was just like really thick like white spider webs you know like old like cobwebs like like, yeah like they had been there like someone is living and like making a fucking (laughs) family residence this is a familial home happening oh okay of spiders yeah okay and there's like some weird dirt and like some bricks and like whatever is happening in this Mm -hmm. hole in the ground right outside of my house right and i see just scuttering along stop It stops. Are you fucking ready for this, Nico? No. It stops. It articulates its body. Half of its body turns upward. Its little spooky little feathery hands are lifted up. I've seen him
1: do that before, too. It looks at me.
2: It does the thing where it puts its fingers (laughs) to its eyes and then back to my eyes and then back to its eyes and then back to my eyes eyes again. (sighs) And it goes i'll eat your motherfucking babies bitch <laughs> and i said no thank you and i and i got a, a straight up got a gag reflux no no it was like see no. this chapstick i'm holding its body was the thickness the width of a bird's bees it was the fucking healthiest goddamn centipede <sighs> i have ever seen in my mother life So it articulates its sweet little scary juicy body back down. I'm going to throw up. And I was like, Dad, I love you. I am going to vomit. I'm like straight up dry heaving. I'm like, please put the fucking sewer cap back. So he starts to put it back and it flattens out. You know how they do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just close up the thing and I swear to you I heard it.
1: Away. Oh, God. The sound effects.
2: I had to sit down in the lawn.
1: (laughs) Ew, why would you sit down? I would be like, I can't, I have to run. I was,
2: I almost fainted, Nicole, when I see a house centipede. I'm sweating right now. You look
1: a little glossy. I won't (laughs) lie to you. I don't, I'm not lying when I tell you that any picture or anything that I see of them, I actually, yeah, it makes my stomach hurt. really. I don't know what it is. I also just lifted my feet So I'm sitting cross-legged now in this chair because I refuse to let my feet touch the ground from this point on from the episode. It was outside. I wonder if everyone else (laughs) listening to this who has their feet touching a ground just did the same thing. That's where
2: the centipedes live, baby. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. outside in a hole in the ground. So, it's not upstairs in the attic, but I will tell be. you.
1: It could be. They remember faces. But it looked me in the fucking Did you know eyes. know that? They remember faces. I'm going to throw up. It's not real. Yes, it, it's yes, it is. It's not real. You want to bet?
2: No. No. <laughs> I don't want to bet. This is the one time in my life I'm not betting you something. They can remember
1: faces. I'm going to fucking Them and fucking centipedes scream. and crows. They know faces. Mm. <laughs> Well, at least I didn't make an enemy that day. And That's not scientifically proven, but I do have another story in which I sprayed a centipede with... Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible idea, but it was on the wall and I sprayed it with hairspray <laughs> and it immediately flung back at me, which is like, obviously that was going to happen. Nicole, why did you do that? Anyways, so once I did that, it flung at me. Obviously, I ran. It flung on the floor... And then it started chasing me. Yeah, they do that. I shit you not, uh-huh. it chased me. No, I believe you. I ran into my brother's room, jumped on his bed, <laughs> yeah. and screamed for my mom, who was in her room down the hallway. Uh-huh. And even she said, this thing was chasing you. What did you do to it? And I was like, I sprayed it with hairspray. Fuck a centipede, bro. Yeah. If you guys don't know what a uh, house centipede is, if you're not from the Midwest. Oh, just Google why. Google Satan. Yeah, and that's what google it fucking looks like no actually that's that's a more pleasant visual image google what a house centipede looks like because uh, they're terrifying and they eat spiders i think we've had this conversation Dave so many times actually. because we're both so scared of yeah. them
2: but you're afraid of doppelgangers oh yeah i'm so scared of doppelgangers why it's just very it's very irrational fear because mm-hmm. i don't i don't understand them and i don't I mean, we'll we'll get into it. Obviously, this episode yeah. is about doppelgangers and not house centipedes. Oh, yeah. Spoiler: oh, What is a house
1: centipede and a doppelganger? Um,
2: I'm pretty sure they do. They do. So, <laughs> I'm gonna. Excuse me, I throw up. I'm I so just, itchy right now. I know. I can feel everything crawling Ugh. on me. I'm just really taking it. See, I told you guys it's gonna be a chatty ass fucking episode. Is this story one of the amount of insane stories that you have for us? Yes, yes. Next to the the house centipede so it's gonna be just me talking nonstop. (laughs) So if I'm your least favorite character in this podcast, please, I'll keep you on track. I'll try to tune out, baby. Try to keep things on track. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Well, I'll just tell us really briefly then, like the SparkNotes version. So in high school, um everyone would tell me that there was this girl that looked just like me and we went to high school together. We did. So I don't know if you remember this or not.
1: No. I think I do.
2: Everyone like, "Oh my god, is this is girl, she looks just fucking like you. Just fucking like you. Never met this bitch for fucking years. Never mm-hmm. met her." I don't know. Oh, even she re- went to high school with us? Yeah. Weird. Never I don't remember her name, but everyone's like she looks identical to you. Yeah. And I was always like, who the fuck is this bitch?
1: Who was it?
2: I don't know. <laughs> but I thought today, which I was discussing in our Discord with our Patreon members, uh-huh. I think it might have been me with or without my glasses. <laughs> so everyone was just <laughs> saying it was I think. I have a feeling. Because so I look very different with or without my glasses. Yeah. I have a feeling. Sometimes people would see me with them, and sometimes people would see me without them. So they were just seeing you. And being like, there's this girl that looks just fucking (laughs) like you.
1: But it was me the whole time. I don't know, though, because you were pretty personable. So, yeah. No, there's no way anyone could confuse you for another person. I don't know.
2: Who was she then? Have you ever met a person that looks like me? Not from our high school. Okay, right? I Actually, have never met a person besides your your kinfolk that look like you.
1: Yeah, it's true. I look a lot like my dad's side of the family. Yeah.
2: But Irish blood. I can't think of. I'm strong in this one. (laughs) I can't
1: think of another person that looks like you. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's it's actually funny because I have heard so many stories of people being like, you look like so much like my friend, blah, blah, blah. I've never seen them. Yeah, their friend Olivia Munn. I don't look like Olivia <laughs> Munn. You picked the person that I didn't look like to say that I looked like. <laughs> you look just like her. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've never met anyone that looks like me. No, I don't think no. they exist.
2: Except for your sister who's like a freaking carbon copy. Yeah, me and my sister do look yeah. alike. <gasps> She's me nice. with
1: glasses. Doppelgangers. We are. <gasps>
2: Colleen Gangger. thought
1: that I had a doppelganger in high school, but it was really just my sister with glasses.
2: Oh. <laughs> I was me with glasses. That was my doppelganger. <laughs> Well, obviously, we're talking about doppelgangers here, and we all live in a society, so I'm sure everyone listening right now, or at least most of you, have heard the term doppelganger. But what is a doppelganger? Mm. Because I have an irrational fear, but I wasn't 100% sure, to be completely honest. Well, why don't you tell us? Well, besides being an extremely fun word with an umlaut. (laughs) Love (laughs) Love an an umlaut. umlaut. My name is an umlaut. A lot of people don't know that. Now you know. Guess I, which letter
1: it's on. It's in your Instagram. I thought that was just like a cool, quirky thing you did. No, that's how I spell my name. Really? Mm-hmm. Your birth certificate has an umlaut? Yeah. Are you lying or is that no. is it really? When I lie to you? It looks like your lying face. <laughs> I'm just this is my burping face.
2: <laughs> I'm not lying. It's over the O. I'm gonna ask your mom. Go ahead. Text Lily right now. I will. Dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the word itself is German if you couldn't already tell, by doppelganger. Doppel means double, and ganger means goer or walker. So it's like your little walking, like, centipede dust. Stop
1: <laughs> fucking talking about centipedes. <laughs> walking,
2: walking double. Okay. The term doppelganger was used to describe a second self for every creature, every living being, kind of like a double or a carbon copy of every entity. The word was conceptualized in 1796 by a German writer, Johann Paul Richter, which I really want to say in a German accent. Why don't you? Okay, well, Johann Paul Richter. <laughs> he wrote under the pseudonym of John Paul. In the book titled Siebenkas, featuring a protagonist named Siebenkass, obviously, he exchanged identities with a friend in a lookalike named Lieb Gerber. And then wackiness ensued. So this is the first time we see the written word doppelganger, which he spelled with a T, d o p p l e t g a with an umlaut. N-G-E-R. Doppelganger? No, it started with a D, and then there was a T in the middle. Oh. So doppelt-ganger. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I did also read that at the time, the term doppelganger was briefly used to describe, get this, this is so weird, a meal in which two courses were served simultaneously. Uh, oh, okay, which that makes, kind sense, of makes sense. two, two right? meals, double, same meal though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like two courses at the same time, which is like soup and salad at the same time. Like, come oh, on, you're not gonna oh, have hot and cold. So it's cold. not like two
1: bowls of soup.
2: No, but it okay, did. That would have been <laughs> kind of crazy. It did kind of make me picture like a good salad and like an evil salad. Like being like a wilted
1: lettuce salad.
2: Yeah, or like, do you ever eat salad with croutons and the croutons are kind of too hard and they like tear up the roof of your mouth and you're like, this is a terrible salad, but Mm -hmm. you eat the whole thing because you paid like eighteen dollars for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm picturing like a great, like a really good salad, and then also like a mean salad, a doppelganger meal of a salad, a doppelganger salad. But it seems that the use of this word, meaning two salads served at once, <laughs> was pretty short-lived, and people just kind of forgot about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In eighteen forty-eight, in Catherine Crow's book called "The Night Side of Nature," which sounds so fucking dope, and I want to read it. Yeah, I think the whole title is "The Night Side of Nature: Colon Like Ghosts and Spirit World" or something insane. What? I'm totally looking it up and so buying it for us. Okay. I'm down. She uses the term doppelganger, which officially brings it into the mainstream zeitgeist. Mm. She got it from this guy, John Paul. Mm -hmm. Not the Pope, the writer. (laughs) Thank you for specifying. You are welcome. German folklore contains the idea that all living sentient creatures have a spirit double. This reminds me of the Shadow self from Peter Pan. Sort of, yeah, like a double. It's like a spirit. Yeah. Sort of fun. More interestingly, this is described as being an actual tangible being, identical in every way to the aforementioned sentient creature. So it would be like you, Nicole, mm-hmm. and then also just an entire other Nicole, maybe also wearing a Star Wars shirt. I don't know. I am wearing a Star Wars <laughs> shirt right Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes these doubles are described as a spiritual opposite or a negative of their human counterparts, sort of like an evil twin situation. Mm. But the idea of a doppelganger goes back much, much farther than that. In 1787, the Francis Gross Provincial Glossary portrayed a similar paranormal phenomenon, but used the word fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen, okay? It's not going to happen. Okay, well, it did for a while, and it was used to describe the apparition of a person that was living. In 1821, the story called Dear Alexa de Tulfels, or (laughs) The Devil's Elixir, a Prussian writer named E.T.A. Hoffman uses the idea of a doppelganger, and he depicts a monk haunted by a chaotic double that in turn acts as a scapegoat, and an antagonist. Mm. Which is great, like, if you have an evil double, and you're like, no, that guy did it. Right. It wasn't me. It was my evil twin. Pretty obvious. I'm Peter. And that's Teeter. You're gonna want to talk to him.
1: (laughs) Peter and Teeter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Going back further still, in ancient Egypt, the idea of the Ka, which is merely a single aspect of the human soul, was depicted as a spirit... Identical to the human form living outside of the body. Oh, so like a soul without a vessel? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole of like Egyptian burial because it's just so fascinating. It's It's amazing. And they would have, you know, like the canopic jars where they put all the organs and stuff. They would have a special vessel for the Ka Mm -hmm. to like kind of be housed and like live in as the body ascended to whatever So is life. a
1: Ka essentially like a soul?
2: Sort of, but it's a part of the soul, okay. not a whole soul. Okay. Not a whole soul. I vaguely remember this from like school, the mm-hmm. Ka. There's also a pretty fun theory that Helen of 1,000 ship launching fame. Helen of Troy? Yeah, that's right. Shit. Yeah, the Helen of oh, Troy. wow. She was actually, it was actually her Ka or her spirit double that misled Paris to help stop the Trojan War whoa yeah so she like astral projected herself and was like "Mm, paris (laughs) maybe we stop the whole war thing and he's like who's that helen of launching thousands of ship fame
1: helen of troy is that you (laughs) for you
2: anything so obviously this form is benevolent because it wants to stop a war which is fun you'll see Kind of a back and forth of sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It just sort of depends Mm -hmm. on who you are and how you're feeling at the moment. Wow. There's also a Hopi Native American myth that describes a doppelganger as the anti-you, like the opposite of you, Mm -hmm. that has come up from the underworld. Ooh, I like that. Very fun. In this myth, there is an upper world where the good people live, and then there's an underworld where the bad people live. There are two identical beings, one in the good place, one in the bad place. They're called the child of the sun and the child of the water. They also move in unison, like in that movie Us.
1: Oh, yeah, with zero plot holes.
2: Yeah, the movie is, its there's not even one plot hole <laughs> no, in it. No, it all I, makes sense. I don't even want to think about it, aside from this, because the movie is flawless <laughs> in every possible way, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> yes it's perfect the bunnies especially make the most sense <laughs> i'm not getting into it because i'm already tangentizing this episode so hard but basically that's what it is everyone on the top level all these sun children do something and then the water children in the underworld mimic everything it does but sometimes they escape and they come to our limbo our earthly realm mm. and they just do whatever the fuck they want
1: and they murder elizabeth moss and her family
2: sometimes they do but only with crowbars and rich people's houses (laughs) in nordic folklore a creature called the vardoger appears in a place before the person that it resembles it has no malintent it just simply exists although this creature doesn't mean any harm it would pretend to be the human form and trick people into believing that the person had arrived early which is a very sick prank
1: so that's all they do that's all they do trying to do anything evil or Mm -hmm. they're just
2: there before the actual person yeah so like if you tell me you're coming over at seven to record Uh and i see your bitch ass pull up (laughs) at like six o'clock and i am not ready Mm -hmm. and you come in and you're just like chilling in my house i'm like okay well i'm still getting ready and you're mm-hmm. like whatever girl do what you gotta do but i'm in your fucking house <laughs> that's the fardoger doger and then you show up at seven and i'm like what the what i thought you were here already
1: interesting okay
2: yeah so they're just kind of like little pranksters sick prank honestly i don't know if i would call it that well showing up to a party an hour early is very rude and also <laughs> a very sick prank i suppose in Finnish mythology, this is called an atinainen or a first comer. This is pretty much the same thing. They just show up early before the person does, and they just, like, chill out.
1: Man, can I, like, hire one of these to come places? Because I'm always late. This would be sick. <laughs> See, so not a sick prank. No, it's actually very handy. I'm always late. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I just have one of these just show up before me, and then and then I can arrive I call it anytime I want being
2: fashionably late (laughs) and you're welcome. I even showed up. Exactly. Yeah. To me, this is like my favorite version of the doppelganger because I once knew a woman who claimed that she could see who was coming to her house before they arrived.
1: Really? Really?
2: Yeah. So she would always say that she would see like a ghostly form of people like come in through her back door and sort of like mill about her kitchen, which is right off the back door. Uh And then that's how she would know that someone was going to come over. This would happen like anywhere from minutes to hours before the actual human being would show up. Did you ever, did she ever do it with you? Mm -hmm. She saw me come.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: She'd see tons of people. It was so weird. That is weird. Yeah. She always just knew. She always knew.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if that's, like, a doppelganger or, like, a clairvoyance. But it seems like with this whole, like, arriving early spirit thing, maybe it's a weird combination of both.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a clairvoyant thing because not everyone can do that. So No, definitely not.
2: The idea of an alter ego, whether it be an evil version or just another copy of the one's existing inside or outside of the same person, have existed for a a really long time. And it's sort of like a doppelganger situation as well, where there's the you and then there's your alter ego. Mm -hmm. In first century Rome, Cicero used the term alter ego to describe a, quote, second self or a trusted friend. Interesting. So in this version, again, we're seeing benevolence. It's just a dude that's chilling. It's a positive vibe, right? A friend. Yeah, just like a guy, whatever, who cares. Sigmund Freud, however, thought that we all had alter egos trapped inside of us and that this was some weird narcissism looming in the depths of our psyche. So Tyler Durden. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just going to say, which I don't know how you guys feel about this, everyone listening in podcast land, but Sigmund Freud is a weirdo (laughs) and he does also- Also thought that all elongated objects were symbolic of dicks, even if they were a
1: word. Well, aren't
2: they? So I... Well, okay. Oh, maybe you should talk
1: to someone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, okay. Just kidding.
2: Well, I'll let you decide for yourself if any of this narcissism, alter ego, or like all bananas look like dicks thing applies to you. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Hit me.
2: Okay. Throughout history, the idea of a changeling, which I think... I would assume you're familiar with Oh, yeah. I oh, know yeah. what a changeling
1: right? is. I know what it is. Kind of
2: descriptive in the name, actually. Changeling. It's just a being that changes shape, like a shapeshifter. Uh, well,
1: it's a baby that gets switched at birth for another baby.
2: Spoiler! <laughs> so these changelings would take the form of a person to cause chaos and lend to the idea of a doppelganger. Depending on the country and the lore of origin, a changeling is either... A supernatural baby left in the place of human baby to be raised by humans. Or a changeling is a fully grown supernatural dude, like a doll person, mm-hmm. that
1: replaces a human in their daily life, which I did see oh. other places too. I've never heard of that. I've always heard of like changelings and the Fae and stuff like that. But I've never heard of, like, a human, like, an adult person being a changeling. That's interesting. Yeah, like a shapeshifter.
2: So it Mm. leads me to believe that these humans who they're replacing kind of get, like, disappeared somewhere. Mm. You know, like, maybe they usurp the throne or whatever's going on. (laughs) The benevolent or neutral doppelganger has been taken over by its doppelganger, the evil, cursed form of the same entity. In legend, it is known as many things, an uncanny lookalike, a ghostly or paranormal phenomenon, or an evil twin or a harbinger of
1: bad luck. Sightings and stories of people seeing their exact double have been told for centuries and have been included in literature as well, so it's only natural that some superstitions may have evolved around them. I love superstitions. (laughs) (laughs) So, what happens if you see your doppelganger? Well, according to English and German folklore, seeing your doppelganger is an omen of death. Mmm. And if you see your doppelganger more than once, it basically means you're definitely going to die. Yes. I
2: read specifically three times. It's like three strikes, you're dead. Three is the lucky
1: number. Mm. And there's actually something to this theory, because I don't know if you guys know of a guy named Abraham Lincoln.
2: Oh, my God. There's that great quote of his. Um, what is it? Uh, shoot for the stars. If you miss, you'll land. <laughs> and- <laughs> Wait. <shoot for> the-
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Abraham Lincoln. If you shoot for the stars and you miss... You'll die.
2: You'll die. From that's your, what he said. Your doppelganger will that's, shoot you. That's what he said <laughs> in, in the theater. That's I believe that's his quote. I think that's Abraham Lincoln, shoot, Lincoln said. That. Shoot for the stars. um If you don't make it, you will get shot in the theater. I believe this is the quote. Yeah.
1: by your doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, so Abraham Lincoln of, once spot of, of quote fame of, of shoot for the stars quote fame. Um, <laughs> Once spotted his own doppelganger. On the night of his first election, Honest Abe sat down on his couch. When he sat down, he was facing towards a mirror. And in the reflection of the mirror, he saw himself looking back at him. But he also saw another face. Next to his own reflection, he saw his doppelganger staring back at him. What? Two people? Two Two Abes? Abe's? Double Abe. Double the Abe, double the fun. Wow. His doppelganger looked like him, but pale and almost like a ghost. Seeing this reflection absolutely terrified Abe, and he jumped up from the couch and sprung around to face the reflection that he saw. But when he turned around, the other Abe was gone. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would probably just turn my head. Instead of, like,
2: jumping up. Well, he was like, startled, okay? Oh, yeah. He was I shooting for the stars. Oh, yeah. And then he...
1: <laughs> we know how that turned out. We know how it turns out. Well, when Abe sat down again, after seeing that no one was behind him, he looked in the mirror, and he saw the same face. When he told his wife, Mary, about what he saw, she was extremely worried. She thought that this was an absolute omen, and that the doppelganger that abe had seen in the mirror was a version of himself but dead wow she actually predicted that this meant that he would die in his second term <gasps> Ooh, i got goosebumps and spoiler alert she was right 42 days into his second term abe was assassinated wow, spoiler yeah sorry sorry if you guys didn't know that yeah he shot for the stars and he missed and he got shot in a the theater.
2: Uh, too soon? Uh, too soon, think, to make, too soon to make Abraham Lincoln
1: assassination jokes? I think this one's okay. Okay, all right. I think this right, one's, right. one's okay. I'm not sure if what Abe saw was really a doppelganger or maybe just, I don't know, a premonition of his own death. But I thought it was worth mentioning as a lot of people believe that seeing your doppelganger means death. Yeah. I mean, both are pretty remarkable, to be honest. Yeah. Abe isn't actually the only historical figure to reportedly have seen their doppelganger before their death. Queen Elizabeth I was also rumored to have seen herself, but pale and ghostly like Abe. And she saw this vision lying in her own bed, and this was right before she passed away as well. Whoa. Kind of creepy. Others believe that a doppelganger is more of an evil twin put into your life to plant evil ideas in your brain, like, you know, the little devil sitting on your shoulder telling you to eat that donut or something. I do love a donut. I always listen. But according to lore, it doesn't actually have to be a real sighting to mean a bad omen. In fact, if you see an old picture or painting of someone who just looks like you, that can also be interpreted as a bad omen. I love that.
2: Have you seen when people go to like art museums and they see photos that look like themselves? I was just
1: going to bring up, have you seen, there's a whole Facebook post or I think what? maybe it's Instagram. I th- actually I think it's Facebook, but it's a whole collection of people who are in museums or wherever famous, standing next to famous paintings. And it's just, it's them. Like it's. That's so the cool. I love it. it it's so cool. It's so cool. And
2: I've actually always wished that that could be me. Well, you don't look like anyone. I know, except for Olivia
1: Munn. <laughs> Stop.
2: <laughs> but yeah.
1: So, I mean, I just think that that's that's pretty cool. But that could be a bad omen too. Also, if someone else sees your doppelganger, that can mean that that person is very ill, and that they just don't know it yet. It can also just mean that bad luck will befall that person.
2: Terrifying. I'm so scared of it.
1: But they also might just be okay because nowadays when people see their doppelgangers, it just seems to be like a normal person doing normal people things. Because honestly, it probably just is. Yeah, it's probably just like a dude that's also like a white guy with brown hair. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think of how many people there are in the world. There has to be somebody out there that looks like you, kind of. Mm-hmm. It would be weird if you didn't have a doppelganger, I would say. Yeah, I agree. But then again, I've, I've never seen anyone that looks like me, so who knows? So it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Except for Olivia Munn. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start a rumor. Don't. Don't do it. Back in the day, actually, people used to believe that doppelgangers were a certain type of a demon like an evil twin demon that had the ability to shapeshift into any form they chose. But that was back in the day, and demons were basically blamed on everything, so. Well, yeah. I mean, the demon did it. Instead, though, today, paranormal investigators look at doppelgangers as being from different dimensions, or possibly time phases. Whoa. Which... I kind of love. Oh, yeah. So basically, the idea is that there is more than one version of you existing at the same time, but living in a different reality. So think of yourself and all of the decisions that you've made in your life that led you to where you are now. What if you had not made that decision, but instead chose differently? You'd be living a completely different life, and you would be a completely different person, but... You'd probably still look like yourself for the most part.
2: This reminds me of two things. One, there's a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed.
1: Oh, I love that movie. It is such a good fucking movie. It is very Everyone good. watch it
2: if you have not watched it. I think it's on Netflix. I just watched it like the other day. Oh really? Oh my god, it's top notch. Totally. It's been it in up. a while. Yeah, and they basically explore the same thing. Like there's infinite timelines, and I'm so into this theory. Yeah, I and love I do timelines. not. There's nothing you could say that would convince me to not believe in this mm-hmm. infinite timelines forever. I love that. And then also one of my all-time favorite books, The Bell Jar. Yeah. There's this scene that I think we were just talking about the we other day. We were talking about this with the fig tree. Yeah. Yeah, so she's sitting the the main character is sitting at this the base of this fig tree and she sees all these figs and like looks up. If you haven't read it, please read it. I it's need such to read it. it's such an easy read and it just will make you feel really deep emotions. It's really it's really intoxicating. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting and she's looking at all these figs and on all the figs or like the idea behind all the figs is that they're each like a different thing in her life. Like one is like having a husband and, and children, and another is like becoming a famous author, or like maybe running off to like Morocco and taking lovers, or like just doing like whatever. Like all these different lives she yeah. can lead, but then she's too afraid to choose just one of them. Mm-hmm. So they all start falling and rotting, and it's just—it's so powerful. Yeah, it's and very powerful. I think about it all the time, and all these infinite timelines.
1: And yeah, I love this—that a doppelganger could just be you, where in a different timeline that you made a different choice in your life and that's where you are maybe you turned right instead of left one tuesday exactly and there you are exactly i love this theory it's actually we were talking about this because something had happened to me last week oh, i was yes which is so weird and i as we were doing the research for this i was just thinking about it so i was sitting in my living room I was working from home. I was working on my laptop and my dog started to bark and I went to open my mouth to yell, like to tell them to stop, tell them to shut up. But before I could do that out of my own mouth, like make the sound out of my own mouth, I heard my own voice from my kitchen say, hey, yeah!" yelling at my dogs. So
2: cool, dude.
1: It was loud and it was clear. It, it was almost as if I were standing in the kitchen and had said it to my dog and my dog, Abra, even turned and looked towards what? the kitchen. You didn't tell me that part. So it was almost like she heard the voice too. And it just like, it made my heart drop for a second. So. Cool. And my first thought was, someone's in my house. Yeah. So I like, my heart started to race, but I didn't hear anything. And then I texted you. Uh
2: huh.
1: I was like, I think my future self just like time traveled back and yelled at my dogs for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're yourself from a different timeline or like the or future. Or a different or something. timeline. Yeah traveled to that moment and was like trying to sneak through your house and then your dogs caught her yeah. and were barking at her and she was like hey i was like oh fuck and then like zooped so out weird. of there so, so weird so hard
1: yeah but anyways that's just that made me think of that as i was doing this research but actually paranormal investigator lee roberts thinks that when people have these encounters so people actually seeing or i guess in my case hearing yourself. Mm. He believes that people just sometimes are able to tap into another time phase. Love it. So I guess future or past you and also maybe just to be able to tap into alternate timelines of themselves. So maybe that's what happened in my case. Who knows? I love it, dude. I love it so much. Actually, a lot of people in the paranormal field believe that seeing doppelgangers is a sign that Paranormal universes actually exist, which I fucking love. I fucking love it, and they do exist. Basically, everything is just replicated in another dimension, which could explain why you're seeing yourself and, you know, in this dimension, I guess. Yeah, it's sort of like a layered situation.
2: Oh my God, I could talk about this for a thousand years. It's just like layer after layer after layer after layer after layer after layer, infinitely of the Mm -hmm. same exact happenstance that you're going through at this single moment, but maybe it's slightly different or maybe in like four minutes it will be slightly different because yeah. it goes off on like a different trajectory. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's all layered up until you hit that moment where I'm just falling into conspiracy corner. <laughs> maybe, maybe like there's 10,000 of you layering on this exact moment and then three minutes from now something will occur that splinters off and creates like Ten thousand different timelines. So maybe at that moment that it's beginning to splinter, Mm -hmm. you see like the threads bare, and you see all the infinite yous, and one slips through, and you're like, "What the?" And then it's gone. That's me. I fucking love it. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I I love this shit so much, dude. Sorry, I'm really taking this episode like and running with it, but it's just such an exciting
1: topic. It is very exciting. It reminds me of another movie, too. It's called Another Earth. Never heard of it. Oh, my God. It's it's a fantastic movie, and if you haven't heard of it, I don't think it gets enough attention, but basically the premise of it is, so we're on Earth, and we start getting signals from another planet, and we figure out that there's pretty much another Earth, and we start trying to communicate with this Earth, and the person who's communicating realizes that they're communicating with themselves. So there's a whole other planet and everything is kind of like duplicated so wow. there's another you there's another earth and there's a story about this girl who kind of wants a second chance and there's a contest where they're picking people to like go to this other earth really and i'm not going to spoil it but i think everyone should watch it but it's kind of like that same theory where there is another you i love and this on but it's on a different planet instead of a dimension but yeah it's called Another Earth, I think you'd like it. Anyways, doppelgangers are such a common occurrence. I mean, there's even a whole subreddit about stories from people oh, so who good. have experienced their own doppelgangers. But I think Noelle has some creepy stories mm-hmm. to tell us. So why don't you enlighten us? Well, I know you just touched
2: on some sort of fun stories with Abraham Lincoln, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um but there are tons and tons of real-life sightings of doppelgangers. So I, I will tell my own doppelganger story at the end of this. Oh, yeah. I promise. It's not my doppelganger, but it's a story, and it tripped me the fuck up, yeah. man. But for now, let's talk about some historical hotties and their little body doubles. So this one's my favorite story. I'm going to lead with it because I like it so much. And also, we keep saying doppelganger, but I feel like at this point, we should just be calling them Doppels. Okay. <laughs> doppels. We're, we're close. We're on a first name basis. Like, let's yeah. drop the formalities. Well, it is also you, so, yeah. Doppel. Doppel. Like, Doppel, baby. Mm-hmm. Doppel, right. baby. It's show business. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So, this is my favorite Doppel story. The story of John Donne, As told in a biography of the poet John Donne. it's called The Life of Dr. John Dunn. The English writer Isaac Walton shares a story about the poet and his wife's doppelganger. One night in 1612, while staying in Paris, Dunn was discovered in a deeply disturbed state. I'm going to do a British accent for this. It feels right. Please do. I have seen the dreadful vision (laughs) since I saw you. That's a poet voice, right? Yeah. Okay. I feel like every poet talks like that. every poet I know, except for <laughs> Charles Manson.
1: He's not a poet, he's a murderer. Alright,
2: oh, John David Berkowitz, is what he meant. Uh, I have seen a dreadful vision since I saw you. I have seen my dear wife pass twice by me through the room. With her hair hanging about her shoulders and the dead child in her arms. Dunn reported this to a witness who remains nameless, which is very fun. I cannot be sure that I now live than that. I have not slept since I saw you. I am as sure as her second appearing. She stopped and looked me in the face and vanished. The writer, Isaac Walton, Then claims that a messenger was immediately dispatched to check on Dunn's wife. The messenger returned with the news that she was in very, very poor health after their child had just passed away. So he's seeing his wife walking around holding a dead kid. Oh. In Paris while she's in England. Oh, shit. And he's like, what the fuck's going down? And she actually... And then it was true. Yeah. Yeah. So he got doppelganged all the way in another country. Doppelganged hard. His experience was highly disputed by other people, which I think we should turn into a game. Oh, yeah? Of do
1: you believe or do you not believe these doppelganger stories? So
2: do you believe his story?
1: I'm going to say yes, because he was in a different country and also... Can't back in those times, it's not like you could text someone and be like, Hey, your wife's sick and your kid just died. Yeah. Or she's like,
2: Hey, John, smiley face, kid died, sad face. <laughs> and he's like, Oh
1: no. It's like a kid and then what's like a knife? <laughs> like a kid. <laughs> the kid emoji and then a knife and then like a the upside bl- down smiley face. <laughs> so the, like the blood emoji. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, My kid died? What?
2: My baby. Yeah, that's exactly how that goes down. That's how I would text my husband to let him know <laughs> that my child died. <laughs> okay, so we both believe him, right? Yeah, I would say yes, believe. An English poet named Percy Shelley drowned in a bay in Italy in July, on July 8th of 1822. On August 15th, while staying in Pisa, his wife, Mary Shelley, a Frankenstein fame, what? actually. No shit. Yeah, super okay. fun. okay. Wrote a letter to her friend, Maria Gisborne, in which she states that Percy claimed he had met his own doppelganger. But that's not all. A week after Mary's near-fatal miscarriage, Percy also had a nightmare about the house collapsing in a flood. Okay? Okay. So she writes in this letter. Talking it over... The next morning he told me that he had had many visions lately, that he had seen the figure of himself, which met him as he walked on the terrace and said to him, How long do you mean to be content? Not terrific words, and certainly not prophetic of what has occurred, but Shelley had often seen these figures when ill. But the strangest thing is that Mrs. Williams saw him. Now Jane... Though a woman of sensibility, has not much imagination and is not in the slightest degree nervous, neither in the dreams nor otherwise. She was standing one day, the day before I was taken ill, at a window that looked at the terrace with Trelawny. It was day. She saw, as she thought, Shelley pass by the window, as he often was then, without a coat or a jacket. He passed again. Now he'd pass both times the same way. As from the side towards which he went, each time there was no way to get back except past the window again. So he's just like taking laps. He's just
1: walking back and forth. But
2: that's no, he's just walking one direction.
1: Oh, okay. But
2: that's impossible. Because the turret he's doesn't go underneath it. He's jumping off the turret, <laughs> running, scaling the building and then walking back as another You'd just burn. be crawling underneath
1: it the opposite way and then doing it again just to fuck with her. I mean,
2: <laughs> like giggling the whole time. He's like crawling under the window. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Shelley. Classic Percy Shelley. <laughs> she continues. Except over a wall 25 feet from the ground. She was struck at seeing him pass twice, thus and looked out and seeing him no more, she cried, Good God, can Shelley have leapt from the wall? Where can he be gone? No, Shelley has passed. What do you mean? Trelawny said that she trembled exceedingly when she heard this and proved indeed that Shelley had never been on the terrace and was far off at the time that she saw him. So basically, she's seeing this dude, right? Right, but it's from far away, isn't it? No, it's just, like, right there. She's, like, inside the building, and he's, like, on, like, the terrace right outside the door. Okay. And he's passing by, and he keeps going left and left and left and mm. left, but he's never going right. Okay. The wall is 25 feet high, so he's not jumping down. He's probably not crawling, because, like, let's be <laughs> honest, he's wearing very fancy clothes. He could and be crawling. And also, at the time, he's probably already dead in the lake.
1: Oh, so he was in Italy all this time? Or yeah. she in Italy too?
2: Yeah. So do we believe it? I believe it. Mary Shelley fame? of Mary Shelley of Frankenstein fame? Ooh, ooh, maybe she'd be making up a good story.
1: I was going to say, there is there are a lot of plot holes. <sighs> I don't know. You know what? I don't believe it. She's a really good storyteller. She's a very good storyteller.
2: Okay. I don't believe it. I don't think I do either. Then we have a story of Emily Sagi. In 1845, a 32-year-old teacher began working at a French-language private girls' school in Latvia. The story is strange because everyone but Emily could see her doppelganger. Hmm. One day, as she wrote on the blackboard, a second version of herself appeared in front of the class, and it was mimicking the teacher's movements exactly. The students were absolutely stunned. They were seeing two of the woman, and when she was told, she said that the students must be insane. One evening, as Emily ate at the dining hall, her double appeared again, mimicking her movements once more. At one point, it was even said that Emily's double sat down in a chair in front of the classroom, staring straight at the children, while the real human Emily was still outside of the building, walking in for the day. Well, wow. Yeah. Whenever the doppelganger was present, quote, the color would drain from her face and overcome with fatigue, her movements would become listless. Poor Emily was fired from her job as a teacher for causing such a scene and disturbing the students at the school. Whoa. But she never saw her. She would just get like super tired. And then Weird. the students always saw this other woman.
1: Well, and she also lost her job over it. Yeah. So. So do you believe it? I think I kind of do believe this one. I believe it too because she didn't see it and she was like, you guys are nuts. And if she was just trying to like, I don't know, fuck around, it's like, you just lost your job.
2: Yeah. Like, In mm, okay. like the 1800s, maybe you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And one more story I want to read, I actually found on a subreddit called Glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, this is
1: what's reminding me of all glitches in the matrix.
2: So anyways, on this subreddit called Glitch in the Matrix, where people share true stories of weird and unexplained experiences, I found this one woman from California who said that she had managed to do this after leaving work one day. She said, I was in my car at a stoplight and suddenly the street waved in front of me in an S-shaped curve wave. I chalked it up to an optical illusion, but then when I got home, she arrived to discover her daughter shaking. She said it turned out that her child saw this woman, her name is Sarah, walk through the door and go into the bathroom a few minutes before Sarah actually got home. She said that she didn't come out of the bathroom and the daughter was sort of concerned of what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, when she saw her mom walk in through the front door again, it totally shook her. Wow. Sarah continues, I think I moved through dimensions. Yeah, I would say so. She continues, either that or the other me didn't want to come out and face me. Or she didn't know you were there. Maybe, bitch. And now I will tell my own doppelganger story, which is not very interesting. <laughs>
1: Well, you've been teasing it this whole time.
2: You have to I feel like I really built it up, and it's <laughs> now going you're, to fail. are you regretting that? I do a little bit. Okay, so so maybe about five years ago, I was dating this dude that we will call – what should we name him? Flennard. Flennard. Okay, I was dating Flennard. So cute right now. So I was dating Flennard, and we went to a grocery store, right? So Flennard pulls up, and he's like – He's like, do you just want to run in? So I totally ran in and it was cool and he was just going to wait outside for me. In the car? Yeah, like in the car, like in like the the fire lane where you shouldn't be waiting, basically. Mm,
1: Yeah, everyone does it though. It's terrible. So
2: I run inside, Flannard's in the car, and (laughs) um, I get what I have to get, which was Twinkies. It was a box of Twinkies. And I was walking towards the cash register when I look up and I was like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Like... I thought you were going to wait for me. Mm-hmm. And Flannard is looking right at me. And he's like, I don't know you. And I'm looking at Flennard. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, it totally threw me off. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was just going to run in and get this mm-hmm. and then come right out. And he's like, I don't know you. Like, Aggressively weird i was like what the fuck and he walked past me and i was like okay what's going on and i turned to look at him and i realized his clothes were different and it i like sat down in the grocery store
1: i would you didn't like want to follow him and be like who are you no
2: no i flipped (laughs) out it totally flipped me out dude like i was looking directly at him and it was fucking flannard like it was him All day long, and then I like self check out, like got my Twinkies, and I walked outside, and fucking Flannard is sitting in the car in the fire lane, and I got in, and I was like, "You need to drive away because your doppelganger is in the store." It
1: scared you that bad?
2: Yeah, dude, I'm terrified of doppelgangers.
1: Before or after that happened? At all
2: times, my whole life. Okay. Oh, it was traumatic. I know it sounds so stupid because I was just going to a store to get Twinkies. Nicole, I was this I never... close. How far we are right now, like uh-huh. touch tips close. I looked him in the eye and it was him. It was Flennard. Did he talk like him? It's identical. It was identical. Like That's weird that he was so aggressive with you too. A carbon fucking copy of this man. Wow. And he was like, I don't
1: know you. He it's was, almost seems like he might have, like, he knew that uh-huh. he knew you, but he didn't want you to know who it was he, so, was, dude, he was, and he was like, so oh, weird. shit, she saw me, Yeah, type of thing.
2: It was so weird. He was, like, came out of the fucking gate, like, angry at me, and I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Weird. He's like, I don't know you, and, like, walked past me. I still think about it sometimes, because it really was that scary. Wow. Yeah. So that's my doppelganger story. I, I feel like story. I built it up pretty high and it wasn't that great. I think it's pretty creepy.
1: It was so I've creepy. never had a doppelganger story like that. So.
2: I can picture him. I'm. Like Flinnard too. I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> Fluttered. <Flinders.
2: laughs> okay. So we talked about all of like this fun mystical stuff and like all these cool stories of people's real life doppelgangers right, right. and things. But I have a question for you, which yeah. I know you know the answer to. Mm. So why am I even asking <laughs> for for drama and for theatrics? Yes, yes. Is there an explanation? Because I truly don't know, and I'm hoping that well, there really is.
1: Well, let me tell you. Please do. What does science say about all of this? Tell us, science. Tell us. Well, let me just science this up for you. Also, disclaimer, I am not a scientist, mm-hmm. but... There are theories as to why people can be seeing, well, themselves. Yeah, not a scientist, definitely a geographist. This is a geography podcast. It is. So everyone knows. Everyone knows. Well, one theory is hutoscopy, which is a term used in psychiatry and neurology. And it just basically means seeing one's own body at a distance. Oftentimes, hewtoscopy can be a symptom of schizophrenia or epilepsy. But basically, it's just you hallucinating, seeing yourself. But scientists also use it to explain this doppelganger craze. There's also a thing called polyopic hewtoscopy, which means you can see multiple yous. Whoa. Yeah, so not just one you, but more than one. In fact, there was even one case where a man saw five hymns, but that was just due to a tumor in the insular region of his temporal lobe. He saw
2: five hymns or five hymns, because that is an amazing band. <laughs> he saw five hymns. Oh, that's much less There's exciting. Just, yeah, three
1: of Right? Three? There's three of
2: them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I could do with five. That'd be fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Professor Christopher French, who is an Anomalistic psychologist believes that there is an explanation for the doppelganger phenomena. Yeah, there's
2: like a bunch of people that look the same, and some are evil and well, some are not evil.
1: Yeah, but anomalistic psychology is the study of human behavior connected to the paranormal, which is super freaking cool. It's very cool. But their whole spiel is that anything paranormal can be debunked. And explain just, I guess, by glitches or conditions in the human brain. So, Professor French just chalks all of this doppelganger talk up to mental illnesses like schizophrenia or even brain tumors, which can cause people to hallucinate. But also, it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole seeing your doppelganger is a bad omen thing because i guess if you believe in the science explanation of it and you see yourself oh maybe that's a sign that you should i don't know maybe go get an mri just to be safe i mean it could mean you have like a brain tumor or an illness like the lore says so yeah that actually kind of makes, makes total sense. sense yeah in 1994 a 21 year old swiss man reportedly saw himself lying in his bed after he was out from a night of drinking This man had been previously treated for seizures in the past, but had actually stopped taking his anticonvulsant medicine. The man said he shouted at his double laying in the bed in an attempt to try to wake himself, but Doppelganger would not move. That is until the man switched places with the doppelganger, and then he was the one lying in the bed, unable to move, and then he saw himself screaming at him, trying to wake him up. This switching of bodies apparently just went back and forth until the man jumped from his fourth story window, (gasps) trying to, quote, find a match between body and self. Wow, that's super sad. I know. Thankfully, the man survived, but while he was in the hospital being treated for his injuries, they actually found a tumor on his temporal lobe. Wow. So. Yeah. Makes sense, I guess. Once the doctors removed this tumor, the man stopped having seizures, and he stopped having hallucinations. So, like I said, I guess seeing your doppelganger can also be like a warning in, in like, a way. Yeah. So. But you don't necessarily need to have a health condition in order to see yourself. There are a lot of other factors that can play a part in a person seeing themselves. Most people who report seeing their doppelganger are in the 20 to 40 year age range. Oh, that's us. That's us. And most of them are of healthy mind and body. That is not us. Uh, that's That's not us. But that age range has some of the most stressful times in a person's life. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if you think you have like school, usually you're in college, sometimes even more if you're getting like masters or something. You have work, trying to climb that career ladder if you corporate ladder. You've also have a lot of bills that you're probably needing to pay on your own. Mm -hmm. You could have kids I mean, stressful relationships, all of these things can be huge stressors in any person's life. But also missing sleep can cause hallucinations as well as drug use and drinking lots of alcohol. Well, good thing we don't eat drugs. (laughs) We do drink a lot of alcohol. Don't tell my mom. Missing sleep can lead to sleep paralysis, which causes people to obviously enter in a state of sleep where the person is led to believe that there may be a presence of a demon or an evil entity, and some people have actually even reported seeing their doppelgangers while in a sleep paralysis state as well. But this doesn't explain the story of Emily Saggy's double, because 42 people all saw her teaching with a double next to her Mm -hmm. instead of it just being her hallucination, which she actually didn't see it at all. Yeah. So kind of weird. But Professor French has an explanation for this as well. Of course he does. He says that could be a case of memory conformity, which is just when one person's memory influences another person's memory, which I think totally happens and I believe that 100%, but I'm not sure I can believe that to happen to 42 different people. That just seems a little out there for me. Yeah, no, for
2: sure. I, I totally agree with you. And a lot of them were children. Yeah. And I feel like that also doesn't track.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Kind of weird. I don't know if I believe that. He also says that it could have just been a prank. It's I like mean. prank. Maybe she had a twin and just, like, really hated those kids, so she wanted to pull a sick prank and scare the shit out of them. I mean, she did end up getting fired, but if those kids were assholes, I mean, I guess it's kind of worth it. Uh, Yeah, dude, for sure. They were private. It was a private girls' school, so, I mean, girls can be pretty brutal. So No, we're so nice. Maybe. You never know. But what do you do if you see your double? Well, according to Professor French from this advice article that I read, he says that you shouldn't really worry about it. He says, end quote, remember, hallucinations are not rare. And if it's a one off occurrence, it's likely to be a normal thing that you can write off.
2: Um, OK.
1: He also continues with. Of course, if it's happening on a regular basis, you should probably get checked out by a doctor. No, I disagree with you, Dr. Friend.
2: Um, If I'm walking down the street and I see me also walking down the street towards me, Mm. I'm going to flip the fuck out. (laughs) Just be like, oh, her. Yeah, sometimes she shows up. Whatever. No. I'm Um, going
1: to freak out. Well, he doesn't think so. So I guess maybe... Uh, don't jump to the conclusion that you have a brain tumor just yet? Who are you going to listen to, a doctor or me? Well, you could have also just been really tired and just drank too much, so. Yeah, that's like me right now, actually. (laughs) Same, actually. But if you want to, like, really spice things up and get a little paranormal with it, paranormal researcher Lee Roberts says... Try to talk to yourself. No. Which I'm here for. You're so scary. (laughs) Try to talk to yourself. Uh He says, go introduce yourself to yourself. He says, "In quote, nobody who has ever come to me with their experience has ever tried. Probably because they're so frightened. If I saw my double, I'd definitely say something to see if it responds to me. He laughs. Maybe then you'd get to the bottom of this mystery once and for all. But it kinda seems like everyone who has seen their double just has like sort of like an inherent fear that they Uh don't know where it comes from. So maybe the whole thing is like you're not supposed to talk to yourself. I don't think you are. It's like that butterfly I thought you weren't supposed to see
2: your doppelgangers, dude, and now he's like, We'll just go talk to her. Okay. And then she unhinges her jaw and she swallows (laughs) my entire body. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I kind of like that. Like, if I saw myself, I probably wouldn't be scared. I'd probably mostly just be curious. Also, like, does my face really look like that? But, I mean. I wonder if you would recognize her. That's another thing, too. I was wondering if I would recognize myself. I think I would. Probably. But, I mean, if you want to take it even further, which maybe some of you guys do, there is a website that can help you find very own doppelganger and it's called twinstrangers.net and it's absolutely insane it's unhinged <laughs> it's unhinged yes it is
2: but I kind of like want to try it um spoiler alert I signed up for it this morning did you pay for it no this is a free one what? yeah there's like a free version and then you have to pay more like if you want like more uh-huh. additional details-huh But you can get a picture of someone else that looks exactly like you. Did you? you? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. I'm so scared. I feel like I just put my information into a website and it (laughs) is full on stealing
1: my information. Well, when I was looking at it, it said that you have to pay and like you buy credits and then with each credit you can search like a different picture. I guess. Mm, I don't know. That's what the video, the instructional video of like what it was showed me. So on the website, but I'm not really sure how accurate it is because I think your doppelganger must also be on the site to search. Like they must have also submitted a picture. Yeah. So I don't really know how accurate that's going to be. But I mean, I don't really have much confidence in it. But if you want to waste $10 for it sort of fun and i kind of want to hear about it so there you have it if anyone actually does go through with that website or has had any luck using it please let us know yeah i also want to know if you have seen your doppelganger
2: and if you've seen your doppelganger yeah and if it was scary did you talk to yourself did they unhinge their jaw and swallow you and now you are the doppelganger <laughs> version of yourself
1: Ooh, that's a good one spooky town that's a good one do we have a listener mail for this week? We absolutely do. Mm. This week's listener
2: mail comes from friend of the pod, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. She says, hey, ladies. There's like 95 letters in that. <laughs> and I appreciate it. I like it. My name is Lindsay Graham, I like the senator, but also not like the senator and spelled differently. <laughs> I am a new listener from Spring, Texas, and I am obsessed with the show. Uh I love to listen on the way to and from work and sometimes while I work, if I have time. Hmm. Recently, I came across a Joe Rogan podcast where he interviewed two gentlemen. One created the Hunt for the Skinwalker documentary, and the other guest was a UFO researcher, George Knapp. Oh,
1: George, we know George Knapp. George Knapp. Was he, who's the other one? Jeremy Corbell. Is it George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell? Is oh, yeah, 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 you're about? right.
2: I was thinking of... <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. After listening to this story and being completely blown away, I then listened to an additional Rogan interview with Robert Bigelow, the recent owner of Skinwalker Ranch.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I remember when we did, were doing research, He mm-hmm. came. his name came up. Big
2: Bobby Bigelow. First, let me just say, Robert Bigelow tokes... Totes looks like Vincent Price, the Edward Hand's dad slash inventor, which he absolutely does if Doesn't you he? haven't seen a picture of him. <laughs> Uncanny. Maybe he's their doppelganger. Mm. Just go look him up if you haven't already, and he's super vague and kind of creepy. <laughs> I agree with you, Lindsay. I felt like during the podcast he knew things, lots of things, but he didn't want to reveal information or he was afraid to. It was very intriguing, the whole thing. After listening to these podcasts, I fell down the Skinwalker Ranch rabbit hole and decided I needed to know more. So I ran a search on Spotify, and I found new gems. Aww. Let me just say, your podcast series about Skinwalker Ranch had me shook out of my mind. And I don't know why I do this to myself, but I am actually extremely xenophobic when it comes to extraterrestrial life. (laughs) I'd say it's the only form of xenophobia that's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. As a child, my family would watch mystery related shows like Sightings and Unsolved Mysteries, oh, yeah. which has returned to Netflix and is so rad. Oh, yes, it has. Our family loves a good paranormal story. We would also watch a lot of alien related films, one being Fire in the Sky, yes. which we did talk about. We did which fucked me up royally forever.
1: We did an episode on that, too. I don't know if you've gotten to that yet, Lindsay, but we have an episode about the true story of that. I
2: would literally wake up with night sweats as a child and shake with the thought that aliens were going to abduct me. It was bad. So bad that my mother actually thought that for a moment I might be being visited because I would not sleep.
0: Oh creepy. if you
2: don't know about fire in the sky it's an intensely brutal depiction of travis walton's alien abduction story it's rather gruesome and emotionally intense and it was actually on amazon prime recently and i couldn't mm-hmm. finish it
1: yeah it's a good one the abduction scenes are absolutely terrifying they're dark <laughs> when he's got like the thing around his face Ugh. oh spoiler yeah don't root it for people it's so good and it's so creepy it's like cl- yeah mm-hmm
2: She continues, alien abduction stories shake me to my core, but for some reason, I like to kill myself with curiosity and wanting to know more about the subject. Then I dive too deep and have to sleep with the lights on. (laughs) Why am I like this? We're all like that, Lindsay. (laughs) We all are. Seriously, if you haven't seen it, viewer discretion advised. It might be a little hokey being that it's a 90s flick, but if you're xenophobic about extraterrestrials like me, you're probably going to be super triggered. Also, everybody, please make sure your kids aren't around to watch that stuff. They need to sleep, and so do you for that matter. Don't screw them up
1: for life by allowing them to watch these things. <laughs> it is a like a total 90s movie, and it's uh-huh. kind of cheesy, but like, when they actually get to the abduction, it's freaking scary <laughs> it's super
2: scary like it wasn't really holding my attention no. and then we got to the abduction part and was like what yeah it was it's so good in addition to skinwalker ranch i also just finished the jones series mm. let me say i fucking cried a yeah. lot yeah i had also known about the story but i didn't know the rich details that went into creating the whole situation listening to the section about the children being fed poison fucked me up as I am a new mama... Oh, congratulations. Mm. ...who just gave birth last September. It was extremely difficult to listen to, but I appreciate your warnings and sensitivity while delivering the information. I had heard the recordings of Jim Jones and the white knight before, but after you have a child, that shit hits differently, and it fucking hurts. So... Thanks for the warning before playing the recording, as I was able to have enough time to fast forward through that audio and get to the other side of that safely without having a meltdown while driving. I know that it had to be difficult for both of you to research that topic for hours on end. I hope you guys found some time away from that shit to clear your headspace and get grounded again. Stories like this will always make you feel like you're floating in a twilight zone of horror. Thanks for sacrificing a little bit of your sanity to both entertain and educate the masses. Oh. Anyways, go check out the interviews and the movie if you're curious for more information. This is not about Joe Rogan, or so much <laughs> any, or so much any of the above, but a short preface to how I got here to officially consider myself part of the quite unusual fam bam. Yeah. Now, for your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> I will give you the story of my mother's eyewitness account of a UFO. Yes, She has told this story to my sister and I repeatedly over the years, and I have continued to probe her with questions to see if she's lying. Ooh. Each time she delivers a story with the same and her eye drifts each time she delivers a story the same and her eyes drift off as if she's there again. The story takes place in Houston, Texas. My mother was about 12 years old I believe the year was 1972. My mother's home was a corner lot in the suburbs about 30 minutes north from downtown Houston. Across from this lot and adjacent to her home, there was a thicket of woods approximately 300 yards away. This is the home of my grandparents and it still stands today. Every time we go visit, I look across the street at what used to be a wooded area and I try to imagine what my mother saw. She said that she and her friend, Susan, were super into astronomy. This one particular summer night, she and Susan opened her bedroom window and took out their telescope and star map to do some stargazing. She said the night was perfect. It was cool. The weather was clear. And it was an ideal and it was ideal for mapping the stars. As they were taking turns looking through their telescope, she saw a blue ball of light fall out of the sky and into the woods across the street. She immediately asked Susan, did you see that? And Susan exclaimed, yes, it looked like a shooting star. My mother said that she continued to stare into the woods because whatever this light was, it continued to emanate a blue glow within the trees. She said... The woods were glowing this blue light, almost like someone was holding a flashlight to all the trees. Suddenly, the light started to rise slowly out of the trees, starting small, and then it grew into an even larger ball of light as it reached the tree line. Then, and this is the part that makes my heart drop to my stomach, the light grew into what she says was a long, gigantic, silver disc shaped with colorful light. She said that the lights were chasing each other around the desk. So this sounds like a like a Mexican hat style UFO Yeah, flying saucer. My mother said that she and her friend were paralyzed with fear. She said that she remembers looking over at Susan, who was transfixed and staring into the sky at this thing. She said Susan's eyes were wide. Her hands were white knuckled on the rod iron bars of her headboard and her face was pressed between the slats. As they stare in awe in what I imagine was a debilitating fear, she said the disc started moving toward her house in their direction. As it approached, she said that it was making no sound except for this light hissing sound, a typical characteristic of those that describe eyewitness accounts of UFOs. Mm -hmm. She said that as it got closer, the lights became even brighter and more vivid. I asked how high up the craft was, and she said that it was low enough to kick a breeze through her window. So much breeze, in fact, that she says her pink checkerboard curtains started to flap in the wind. It was enough for her to jump off her bed and start running to her bedroom door. As she did so, she said she felt like everything began to go in slow motion, just fucking like a Freddy Krueger film. (laughs) She said she turned around, and Susan was still sitting at the head of the bed, grasping the iron rod bars of the headboard and staring into the sky she said that she turned back around and reached for the doorknob her doorknob was one of those old school crystal doorknobs and as she reached (laughs) for it she said that the lights from the craft began illuminating her room she said that the light refracted off of her doorknob and emanated rainbows onto the walls She said that when she turned back around to look at Susan again, her whole room was lit with these multicolored lights as the aircraft flew over their house. She said that she started to scream. She flung her door open and ran into my grandparents' bedroom. Whether Susan joined her, she said she cannot recall. All that she knows is that Susan saw a lot more than she did because she sat transfixed much longer than her. My mother said my grandma got up and looked out the window, and of course, she didn't see anything. Yeah, It's like, just like the movies, right? Yeah. My grandmother shut the window and told the girls to go back to sleep, which, let me get on a soapbox for a second and say that if my kids were telling me that they saw this shit in the sky, <laughs> I would one. Walk outside to see if I could see anything. Hell yeah. Two, I tell my kiddo to come fix a pallet on the floor and sleep in my room for comfort. And three, say a prayer of comfort and peace for them because they are clearly petrified beyond imagination. Maybe back then, people didn't have as much knowledge as we do today about these types of things, and they just didn't understand? Either way, knowing what we know today, if someone said that they saw this shit, they most likely did. Believe them. Anyway, my poor mother and Susan didn't sleep a wink for the rest of the night. They gave up astronomy and they never looked through their telescopes again. Oh no. Flash forward to the future decades later. My mother is working at an HEB grocery store as a cashier here in Spring, Texas. She looks up from her register and it's her old friend Susan and her daughter. My mom let out a shout and ran to the ran around the register to give her a big hug. Susan released her and turned to her daughter and said, this is her. This is a girl that I was with when I saw the thing. Remember? Do you remember? This is her. I remember the day my mom came home from work to tell me that she had seen her childhood friend and how they'd exchanged their perspectives of the summer night. This really solidifies the entire account for me. And I hope that I can meet Susan one day and get her side of the story. Maybe I'll run a Facebook search and I'll find her. Yes, But wait, get into this wormhole with me because there's more. Flash forward again. A few years later, my mother tore what she thinks was a tendon in her foot. She was in a lot of pain and she went to the podiatrist for an exam. The podiatrist recommended that she get an Mm x-ray to make sure that she didn't have any broken bones or other visible damage no do i know where this is going i think i know where this is going and i'm so excited as my mother sat in the doctor's office waiting for her results the doctor walked in the doctor walked in and asked when did you get pins put in your foot my mom looked at him puzzled and said what do you mean i've never had pins anywhere in my body the doctor said you have pins in your foot ma'am look here he held up the x-ray My mother has a perfect X shape of needle-like pins in her left foot, just below her middle toe, the toe that is injured. What? Was she marked? Was she tracked? I have no fucking idea. My mother will tell you this story over and over again with vivid detail, and as much as I hate this fucking story, I also love it. Curiosity definitely kills a cat every time, but I think that's why we're all into this shit. It's because we have to know the truth. We need to know the truth. Yes. Cue Jack Nicholson yelling, (laughs) You can't handle the truth. Thanks for reading my story. My mom has two more super scary and interesting stories. We come from a Hispanic heritage, so we are all into that shit. Nice. I'll write to you guys a different time and share the other two in the same email. Let me know if this story makes it on the show. Surprise, it did. And I'll be sure to listen. Thanks for all you ladies do. XOXO, not the senator, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> P.S. I realized I said, let me just say, like five times, ha ha. <laughs> let me just say, sorry, not sorry. Okay, <laughs> bye. P.S. P.S.S. Listening to the Travis Walton pod, it's so good nice. and so cool to hear you talk about fire in the sky. Nice. Oh, God, that was such a good one. Dude, it was a good story. So sweet. Thank you so, so much, Lindsay. You are amazing. Um, Surprise, it it got to the show. So thank you so much for for sending your listener mail. If anyone else has a very cool story, or maybe their mom works at an AGB, or they saw an alien, or Or maybe they saw their doppelganger, pins in her foot that aren't supposed to be there. So cool. Yeah, like if you have regular pins, like cool, like, yeah, we'll hear about them, but honestly, it's not that great. But if you have a story of any sort or you just want to say hi, make sure you hit us up. You can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com or, as always, sweet babies, you can
1: slippery slide into our sexy DMs. Ooh, girl, slippery slide in. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, basically everything. Yeah, we're on, like, everything you could ever think of. Yeah. Yeah, not TikTok, though. We're on Patreon. We are a Patreon. Patreon. We have a
2: Patreon. If you want bonus content, if you want to chit-chat with us, if you want to join our Discord, if you want to do movie night with us, Mm -hmm. all the fun things that you want to do in our little quite unusual coven, please join us at patreon.com slash quite unusual pod or search quite unusual pod at Patreon or always hit up the links in our bios
1: on all the stupid social means and you'll find the information there. And we have a couple of new patrons that we'd like to welcome. Yes. Welcome to Russell L. Welcome, Mark F. And Katie S. Welcome. Welcome, Agnes M. Thank you all so much for joining our coven. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual.
2: Bye. And this is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters
1: of the podcast, and all-around benevolent beings. Spencer W., a magician that refuses to wear a hat because he just keeps getting shit on by the bunnies who live inside. Well, maybe don't do that trick anymore.
2: To Tim M., who has successfully set up a parlay with the cats formerly known as Currency, they will be meeting at Geneva, Switzerland to settle the terms of their agreement. It is bring-your-own-tiny-mouse toy, but the catnip will be provided. Oh,
1: I'm glad. Savannah L. once traveled back in time to buy the last box of Twinkies when there was that weird Twinkie shortage and we all thought there weren't going to be any more Twinkies. But then it turned out they started making Twinkies again and she used the last of her unicorn horn crystals to power her time machine. Sigh. Honestly, it was super embarrassing, but at least we can just go to the store and buy Twinkies now, right? Yeah, like, honestly, it it was worth it. If if I thought
2: Twinkies were going to be a thing, I would also use my last crystal. To Samantha P. The P stands for poltergeist. I'm sorry, Samantha, but the people had the right to know. They do. They need to
1: know, Samantha. Mike B.? was taking guitar classes from a really nice guy named Chuck Manson, but he hasn't seen Chuck since he said he was going to visit his friend Sharon Bate. Sharon Tate? Sherman Tate? I don't know. I I can't remember. It's something like that, honestly. Mm.
2: To Lauren R., who recently took a chocolate-making class taught by the hologram of Jeffrey Dahmer. Her biggest takeaway from the class was to always stir the chocolate with your bare hands to impart that delicious, fleshy
1: aftertaste. Mmm, delicious. Kaylee O. was recently invited to Cthulhu's wedding. But what do you get someone who has seen the rise and fall of centuries of men? A blender? Shirley has a blender. Mm. I don't know. Just get him a gift card.
2: To Jess H., the only person to successfully get a Velociraptor to go vegan. The dino has since changed its name to Carl, the
1: Velocivegan. Mmm, clever. Clever girl. Evan K. is still asking the only unanswerable question in the universe. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I don't know, but I love her hat. Mmm, I love a trench coat. To KDT,
2: an enchantress in training. She is currently working on her transmutation spell. Unfortunately, everything she tries to use it on just ends up turning
1: into a grape tomato. Mmm. Still delicious, though. hmm Adam K. recently defeated his doppelganger to become the Supreme Adam. If you are able to defeat your doppelganger... Uh, are you the evil one, honestly? Honestly, we we did a whole show on it, and I'm still not 100% mm. sure. We don't, we'll never know. I don't we'll never know. know.
2: To Christina N., who trains cats to stand so perfectly still that they are often mistaken for statues. It is in this statue-like state that the cats are able to slip into the shadow realm to retrieve the most delicious soul-flavored frozen yogurt.
1: Mm. Kelsey C., who once rode a jet ski so fast that they caused a rift in the space time continuum. We are still feeling the effects of it, but man, was it hella sick. Oh, it was so tight, honestly. Thank you to all of our Coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. It's late. I want to be done
2: not being worthy. Can we be. Yeah. Do we do this tomorrow? No, we're just, we're just not worthy. Oh my god, it's fine. Like, whatever. Who cares? Okay, bye. Okay, bye.